the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. When it comes to your investments and retirement, in this economy, it's important to be smart. And with the Smart Investor Hour heard right here on AM 1420 The Answer, you'll get both smart and intelligent information you'll need to help with your investing. So sit back, listen, and learn with your host of the Smart Investor Hour, Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management. Good good afternoon, everybody. Uh, you know, I, I got some things to say today, and I you know about what we said in the past, and uh, but let's get excited first, okay? And you know, I don't know if you've ever listened to some of the old tapes of C, of Steve Jobs when he talked to the the kids at Stanford uh, or UCLA, you know, at graduation. But that guy gets me excited, even you know, God rest his soul. The only way to do great work is to love what you do. If you haven't found it yet, keep looking. <laughs> Ain't it the truth? Your time is limited, so don't waste it. Living someone else's life. Don't be trapped by a dogma, which is living with the results of other people's thinking. Don't let the noise of others' opinions drown out your own inner voice. And most important, have the courage to follow your heart and your intuition. They somehow already know what you truly want to become. Everything else is secondary. I knew what to say. <laughs> uh, and let's do one more. You have to trust in something. Your gut, destiny, life, karma, whatever. This approach has never let me down and has made all the difference in my life. All right. Steve, he has a couple books out, and I just highly recommend them. Uh, I don't know if you have. First of all, Walter Jacobson does his, uh, you know, talks about him and how he he lived. And uh, if you haven't read that book, that's really good. And he's got a couple other books out that he wrote that were actually put together after he he died, and uh, they're really good. Anyway, this is a live show, so if you've got a question, the number here, direct into Lenny, the the great technician, is two one six seven seven four. I'm sorry, two one six nine zero one. 0945. That's 216-901-0945. Almost gave you my office number there, folks. You know, uh, if you go to WHK1420 webpage and you go down to local podcast and you go to Smart Investor Show, it goes directly to my webpage. And that webpage has some good stuff. It has our insight column, which is, I mean, they change the research on there, you know, when regularly. Uh, sometimes it, it's on there for a week or two. Sometimes it's, uh, it's only on there for a day or two, but it's good stuff. And, and they name names. Okay. Uh, also under bulletin board is Rob Schleimer's uh, piece. Rob is our head technician and he's darn good. I mean, he's been calling this right for some time now. And uh, it's under bulletin board and it's called Roadmap. Highly recommend it. There's also a nice little weekly newsletter if you're interested. And then if you want any of our lists, our dividend growth portfolio, our prime income list, our top ideas, uh, any of that stuff, just go, you know, contact me, email me, and I uh, will get it out to you. Uh, it also, I've been talking about this. I, I Everybody hates wealth plans because they have to do work. <laughs> but once you get it done, 
you know, it's like cutting your lawn, you know. Once you get the lawn cut, it looks great, right? Uh, if you have somebody else cut it, you know, then you wait for him and you and you, you get upset when he doesn't show up on time. But with a wealth plan, you've got to do it. And once you do it, we can do all sorts of things for you. I mean, it's really kind of nice because what you can do is you can do go to the playground. And the playground says, what if I spent more money? Do I still, you know, can I still make it? And what I've been finding is my clients spend more money and they still have an 85% chance of making it. Uh, that's pretty darn good. You know, I mean, if you get 99%, you can't get a 100% chance. But if you get 85, you're, you're going to make it. If you get 99, you're really going to make it. And I got a lot of clients in that category. So, um, by the way, if you're a per- if you're a prospective client or you're not a client, you can still do a wealth plan. We just can't do the playground for you. Uh, we'll be glad to do that for you. Okay. A uh, couple other things. We had Dave Topic on. So if you have a small business, this guy is amazing at putting, helping you put away more money from away from the government. There's no better way to make your money grow than leave the government out of it. <laughs> There's no way. Okay. Uh, so we'll just leave it at that. Also, if you're a company and you want to go, you want to sell it, private equity is going to steal your business. I'm telling you, they're going to, they're going to give you the low, the low ball your business. We can, we have people who will look at your business and give you the right, right numbers. Uh, believe me, I've seen it happen twice. It's absolutely amazing. Okay, so um, Lori Calvacina this week uh, upped her price target for the S and P 500. She's still a little bit behind the curve, to be honest with you. She's, you know, she's looking at forty-two fifty, uh, which we're <laughs> almost at right at this point. I think we're there uh, now. Tom Lee, uh, who's been, you know, I mean, this guy called oil uh, along with Rob Schleimer. They called oil together. That's why I went on and said to buy oil back in twenty twenty. People thought I was, or, or, yes, yeah, beginning of twenty twenty one. I guess it was. People thought I was nuts. Exxon was 48 and a half that day with an eight and a half percent dividend. Take a look where it is now. Matador was $12, which is what I bought for a lot of my clients. We sold it in the 60s and 70s, okay? Sold half of it on the Ukraine situation and then just sold the other rest of it just the other day. So Tom's at 47.50. That's almost a new high, folks. So pay attention. Tom's been right, so and Lori's been right. You put them together, you're really right. Okay, so uh, I'll just leave it at that. So she's taking a quantitative look uh, approach to the year-end target, and I bet you she ups it again because uh, I've, I've listened to her the last couple weeks, and I, I, you know, I just think she's going to up it. That's my, you know, that's my intuition now. That's not Lori's talking, so we'll leave it at that. Um, so we've got people raising their forecasts, and and look, I've been saying all along, don't get too bearish. I said, you've got to be rational in markets like this. So what happened Friday? Friday was interesting. Number one, you know, we've been talking about the debt ceiling and everybody been worried about that. I knew they were going to get it through. You know, they just, they, they, you know, Washington likes to be Hollywood, okay? And, uh, you know, McCarthy gave up a little bit, you know, which is unfortunate, but uh, both to the Democrats and his own party, by the way. Um, so we'll see what happens, but... Then the employment number came in, and everybody said, wow, that was a great employment number. And then they dug down, and they dug down, and they saw that the labor number, the cost of labor, was down almost 4.5%. 
That means more people are coming into the labor force, and inflation has pushed them in, in there. Now, that, that may be bad, but it's good if you're watching the Federal Reserve. So the Fed's now talking. There's some pause talk here, which is, thank God, you know, uh, they, they were too late on the going one direction. Now they're, they're probably going to go too much. But um, look, here's some people have asked me about small caps, and small caps are a very attractive entry point. And the reason they're down there is because you, if you don't understand ETFs, you shouldn't be buying them. Look, back in 2015, I told you to be careful with these ETFs. And, and I, I talked to a guy the week before, and I said, you know, he had, he said, oh, I'm on the ETF. He said, don't worry, I've got a 10% stop. Well, the, the ETF opened up down 1,050 points that uh, oh, one Wednesday later. And this guy, he didn't, you know, when you stop, you don't get the 10%. You get where the stock opens or the ETF opens. And those people have like 11 minutes to fill the order. So if S&P is putting together the ETF, they get 11 minutes to sell all those stocks. They don't have a chance. That's what's happened with the Russell. Okay, the Russell was breaking out, and then people started to sniff the banks out. You know, Silicon Valley Group or the Silicon Valley Bank was at 700 at one time. When that started to happen, it was in the force. So it, it had come down already. So people were sniffing out the banks. And when they, when they sell the Russell 2000, 26% of them are banks. Boom, all the small caps get hit. They got to sell them all. They got 11 minutes. All right. So if that's what you're, you're, uh, you're thinking, you're, you're thinking the right way. So I was, you know, I've been talking about, I, I bought the QQQs for a lot of my clients and, uh, cause I, I wanted to play the fangs with some additional participation. It's worked so far. And then I, I bought some other semiconductor stocks and a couple other names. And I, what I liked about Friday, and uh, I think this is very good, is that I, I think we saw a tactical buy on industrials. You know, so we had a bottoming there. These are tacticals. Okay, that means it's short term. And we had a tactical buy on some of the regional banks. And I'm just looking at the charts now. Okay. Um, so that's good. But the, the real thing that really made me happy is the S&P 500. One, you know, equal weight. So each stock gets one vote, broke its downtrend line Friday. That means the participation is picking up. And the, the participation was decent. Now it's getting better. And that's a big thing. And so, look, the market doesn't go up 2% too often. The S&P 500 is now up 10%. The S&P, one vote, you know, the uh, equal weight is only up 2 or 3%. So there's a big, there was a big difference there. So if if the S&P equal weight catches up, remember, we've been talking 2024, and I said there's a good chance that this could start before 2024, all right? So don't be left in the dust. Uh, I think it's time to get, you know, if you're on, on the sidelines, it's time to get back in. Um, I've got calls to make Monday that some people, you know, uh, have uh, gone to the sidelines. I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so the debt ceiling resolution is on balance positive for the stocks. I didn't like a couple of things that went on in there, but the CPI report was was uh, excellent. So that's really good. And you know, fangs are up 16, 17% this year. So that that's the place to be. Technology was the place to be. Remember, it was dead last, you know, because they sold off so hard. And so they've gone a round trip. 
And that's that's big. You know, that's uh, some things you can see. Now, healthcare, I thought was going to round trip and, and uh, it's kind of died in the middle. So we'll see what happens there. But uh, it, it'll be interesting to see where we go from here. Um, you know, so the April number came in, PCE number came in hotter and the May number came in, you know, I mean, if you just looked at it without delving into it, you would have said, hey, that's a hot number too. But the, the price of labor went down. That's all care, the Fed cares about, that they're, you're not paying up for every additional, uh, you know, labor unit that you're buying, okay? Labor economics. Um, I would suggest that this implies that future inflation should be cooling, okay? So if people are coming back into the labor uh, area, that's, that's phenomenal. Now, I did notice, uh, you know, look, um, Lindsay Strickland, who was uh, at a meeting I was just at, very smart lady, uh, she said uh, basically that we had 29 over 40 constituents in the guided portfolio, all cap, reported their earnings. And 90% of the companies within the portfolio beat consensus on revenue and 86% beat on the upside of the earnings per share. Folks, that's why we have these lists. <laughs> all right. It's a group think, and it's a really good year. Now, we had a poor year for growth stocks in 2022 when the Russell 3000 growth lost nearly 30%. By the way, you take like 25 stocks out there, it's more like 45%. So it was a bad year. And now they're coming back. All right. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, you know, uh, everybody thought it was crazy holding on to Uber. You know, Uber uh, has been one of my best performers, as is Google. All right, AMD, Microsoft, I own all those. All right, so it's it's um, it's really interesting, and I think AI has been the big thing. But like C three AI, um, which you know I talked to people about last week and the week before, you know we bought it, went straight up, and sold it. <laughs> it came straight back down. It's right back where I bought it from the first time. So I I haven't participated too much with it, but there's some other names out there that I I think in the cloud are really good. Uh, now a lot of people, I got a lot of questions. Um, online this today uh, about NVIDIA. And NVIDIA had kind of an exhaustive gap up. So, you know, just, I don't think you have to be the first one in line there. I think what's going to happen is when you break out of a huge consolidation, which is what happened when they were up the big, you know, a lot, is you're going to go sideways for a while. Okay? So you don't have to be the first one in. What you got to watch is, you know, you get a breakout, people, you know, uh, either you, you'll see an exchange from traders to, to investors, and it'll take a while. Okay, so uh, I'm not not saying go out and buy it. I you know it, it's your own portfolio. I don't recommend stocks on this here, but there's some really good names out there. I think they're going. I saw two major Fang stocks have their 50-day moving average cross over their 200-day moving average, which is uh, you know what they call a golden cross. So that's a that's a big thing and. I just think, you know, we finally got the government out of the way for a while. And if we can keep uh, Biden from spending money like crazy uh, or whoever's behind him, I think we, you know, we could be uh, doing some good things going forward. And, you know, we're starting to see something. And I think you got to understand this is there's several themes out there. AI, there's, you know, there's still security software, but deglobalization is looming out there. All right. Um, you know, there's a power rivalry between U.S. and China. Russia's at war. Uh, so all that globalization talk, I think, is not 
going to happen. All right. And you know, recent events, including the bank failures and last minute fiscal policy adjustments had made it clear to us there are issues within with the financial policy making. <laughs> that simple. So we explain what we, we think went wrong. And, you know, that is basically the government spent too much money and the Fed stayed too loose too long. So then we had guys like Silicon Valley who had three problems. They were borrowing. They were letting people borrow against stock that wasn't public, very illiquid. Number two, they were in crypto, fairly illiquid. And number three, they were buying long bonds thinking that the Fed was going to stop raising rates any time. And they were wrong. So they had liquidity problems, big time liquidity problems. And then, you know, you had some of the others. First Republic had all these long term municipal bonds. That was another problem. All right. So I think there's some change in the air. I think 2024 starts the bull market again. And it may happen beforehand. How many times have we been up 2% in a day? All right. And with every index, every index. Okay. So it's something to pay very close attention to. So it, it's, believe me, uh, with the amount of money on the sidelines, people start to change their mind because we're still not overly bullish. All right. If people start to change their mind, you better pay attention. The number here is 216-901-0945. That's 216-901-0945. We'll be right back. We call it the fairy godmother moment. That moment when we fixed your problem, cleaned up to apple pie order, and are heading out the door. Why? Because we're not the hero of this story, you are. We're just privileged with the chance to come on the scene when you need us, while could doodle your problem away, and leave you to attend the ball. That's the fairy godmother moment. Except, we want to do one more thing before waving goodbye. Give the important parts of your plumbing a flyby once over, ensuring your emergency water shutoffs are working, checking the age, safety, and condition of your water heater, and verifying your water pressure is not too high or low. We want to leave you with peace of mind that your plumbing system is good to go. So when you're feeling the glow of why it works fairy godmother moment and our straight talk and do it right plumber asks to do a flyby, now you know why. Because you're the main character and we want the rest of your movie to be as trouble free as possible. Consider it done at whyitworks.com. Listen to this station anytime, anywhere on Odyssey. Odyssey is your new audio home for all the music, news, sports, and podcasts that matter to you. Odyssey. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. At RBC Wealth Management, we are proud of our reputation for putting clients' interests first. Our steadfast commitment to helping clients achieve their financial goals includes giving back to the communities we serve. Through supporting youth education, human services, and the arts, we hope to make tomorrow better for everyone. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSC, FINRA, SIPC. Okay, I just got an email uh, from Rob. Rob asked me, Tim, are you buying CDs? And I said, uh I haven't texted him back or emailed him back, but I, I recommend the treasuries right now. The debt ceiling is taken care of. You know, they have a, they, uh, you don't pay federal taxes on those. So it's uh it's a good thing. Uh, state, state taxes too. But uh, look, it, it's the silver tsunamis out there. A lot of people retiring. 
I think now's a great time to be buying dividend stocks. Okay. You don't, you pay 18% on dividends. You don't pay 30% if you're in that category or 25. The prime income list, the dividend growth list is a good thing. I think treasuries are good. Uh, make a wealth plan and a famine inventory workbook. You should call away for those right now. It takes time to do it. I'll help you. Anyway, we have John on the line. John, how are you? Hey, Jim, not bad. How about yourself? No complaints. Beautiful day. Oh, yeah, you can't. Yeah, people don't care anyways, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I never there complain because it's like no one listen to me anyways. Hey, you know, I just got to, I was looking at, you know, I mean, looking at, I mean, I, I think things have obviously have turned and stuff, but I was looking at, you know, I, I always look at these charts and everything and I look at like, you know, and, and you think, oh, all the, the I read all the, the, the tech, technical analysis guys, they go, oh, the charts look great. And that's kind of, it's always been a kind of a, seems like this whole war has been between the tech, technical analysis and, and, and the, the price action versus the macro people, you know, but, um, but I was looking at, like, I look at last night, I was looking at, like, Meta's a RSI of 83, you know, on, on one side, which just seems like, I mean, I've seen, look at some of these charts are, like, so extended. Are you worried uh, short-term? And also, if you have anything to say about kind of the, that the, uh, the coffers are going to need to be replenished um, with by selling bonds, and if that's going to be, might, might be a danger to the market in general. So I'll just ask you about those two things. Uh, look, I, I think that... Um the fang stocks are have gone crazy okay uh most notably anything in ai is going crazy however there's still a lot of stocks i mean the russell 2000 looked like it was a short up until friday so yeah a lot of stocks there that were sold off because they they were in the russell 2000 you know the the banks own 26 percent of the ownership of the russell so there's a lot of names out there and the, there was a breakout so I think what you're going to see is is some of the rest of the market catch up, John. Okay, so yeah, those 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 names that were leading. One of the problems with the market this year is the the rotation is so fast. You know, so you get leaders. John Deere was leading the way; it's down seventy bucks. You know, Caterpillar was leading the way; it's down forty five bucks. I know these things. These things are getting hammered fast. So, what may happen is that leadership that took us out of this may get beat up a little bit and the money may flow into some of the stocks that haven't moved yet. Okay. Well, I noticed that I have about, I have a, a list. I mean, I, every day I follow, I don't, I don't, I'm not a long-term guy only because I just can't really, I, I'm, I've been, I used to be swing trader. I don't, I, I try to do, get it in and out very quickly on things, but like I noticed on my list that Caesars, Disney, Freeport, Mac Moran and Deer all substantially outperformed, whereas you look at like the semis, the semis underperformed on Friday. And, and do you think, is, is that something that you think could last long, or is that just kind of a one or two day thing? Uh, I, you know what? It, I, I think the semis look great long term. Uh, you know, whether they're going to be the, the top performers in the next two weeks, I, that I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, look, they, they've been leading the way. They, they, I talked about the, the high beta stocks, which are the you know, the industrials and that type of thing, leading the way. They came right down, paused, and went straight up. And that, that was mostly yeah. the semis. So the semis could pause for a while while other things lead. And that's that's what we saw Friday. We saw Yeah, well, that, I think that'd be great market. because I think the fear, I think that if, it, if the market needs to broaden out to bring people in, it seems to me, because, you know, you have like, I just, I'm reading about this nonstop, which is like, if, when you read about something nonstop, then it's probably like, doesn't mean anything. 
Well, like I'm reading nonstop about the, the leadership of like you know eight, seven, eight, nine names, that, and, and, you know, in in the S and P and and in the QQQ, you know. So I think it'd, it'd be great if things did broaden out because you, you people, I think people are going to get sick of just staring at like Nvidia and, and and Apple and Google all the time, you know. Well, uh, you know, the leadership. You have the leadership now. You go with it. Go from there. But uh, it's broadening yeah. out. So yeah, 2024. Well, like I said, you got to concentrate on 2024. That's when the market will turn, and I think it's going to turn hard. 65 yeah. percent of all the profits in a bull market happened in the last seven years. Okay. So yeah. Don't don't get bearish. Anyway, thank you Great. very much. We'll talk, we'll hey, talk thanks. I really appreciate it. You always bring a lot of insight and information. Okay. Have a great day. You too. Take uh, care. So, all right. So we had the surge in growth stocks, and that's what John's talking about. The NASDAQ went straight up, uh, and, and it's right where there's some resistance. Okay. Now, I also think that there's, you know, the Russell resistance is like 15% from here. Now, the Russell went down. You know, they shot a lot of stocks. They threw the baby out with the bathwater because the banks went down. Okay. That might be a good opportunity. Now, we're, the SOX index has surged right to its next resistance area, probably pauses a while. I might be early on that, but who knows? The S&P 500, we said when it broke 4,195, which it did last week, it was going straight to 4,300. We're halfway there. Uh, and that'll be a resistance area, so we see what happens. But the Russell 2000 index, you know, it, it, it's testing very important support. And, and Friday, uh, and that's the 1740 area, by the way. Friday, it ticked up from there. So this is, it might be the first higher low that we've seen in it for a long time. Now, gold pulled back to support. It broke, you know, it kind of did an undercut on the uptrend line, which is a, you know, a two or three day, you know, uh, where it goes below the uptrend line and then traded above that on uh, Friday, uh, Thursday, I'm sorry. So it's relative performance versus copper is, is good. Copper's been getting beat up a little bit. So we'll, we'll see what happens going forward there. But, uh, it uh, you know it, it's kind of interesting. I looked at the the monthly momentum, and remember we talked about this in January of 2021. Uh, I mean uh, 2022. Uh, I'm sorry, 2000. Yeah, 22. I said that the momentum was way overbought, and that was way oversold back in September. And I I actually said I thought this was the bottom. Of course, the market <laughs> went down like a week later, just to make me look bad. Uh, but it was a it, it was what they call rat's tail. So that low was in place. It went down and closed up at the top, and the next day opened up a couple hundred points. So in reality, it was just a one-day event. So I was pretty close to being right. <laughs> Let's put it that way. I mean, if you would have bought on that day, you would have been feeling terrible that Wednesday, a Wednesday later, uh, and then you would have felt good. But the monthly momentum has turned positive. Yes, folks, the monthly momentum has turned positive for the first time in a year, year and a half, and stocks are starting to outperform bonds. You know, bonds may be the problem going forward. Everybody, nobody's thinking about that. Bonds may be the problem going forward. The other thing I noticed is the weekly quadrant balance data. That's Rob Schleimer's overbought, oversold uh, scenario is nowhere near overbought yet. It's not, it, I don't even think it's halfway up. And here we've broken through. So we'll see what happens uh, next week. But the index broke its downtrend line. That's positive. You know, uh, the top resistance is around 4,700. So we'll see where we go. And the NASDAQ, 
is right up against resistance at 13,181. I think it blew through there Friday, so it, it may be off to the races. Remember, when things break out, they tend to come back because nobody, no, I don't want to buy that high. I don't want to buy that high. And then they come back and then they go higher, but they settle for a while. Okay. So just, just remember that. So, uh, the, what was interesting, the percentage of stocks above their 50 day moving average actually went down till Friday. And then Friday, it, it picked up big. And we still don't, very few bullish investors right at the moment, 27%. So the technicals, I said last two weeks, the technicals were getting, were looking great. And everybody was bearish. It doesn't get better than that. Okay. Now the bears, uh, you know, they're only at 40, 40%. So they're not, it's not like at the 50 or 60%, but uh, you, you, you listen to CNBC and you'll jump out the window. So you better lock the windows before you call them. I'll just say that. I did notice the emerging markets. Uh, some people, a lot of people ask me about that versus the S&P 500 are still in a downtrend. But the momentum looks like they're turning up. Uh, I did notice Japan broke out this week. All right. Um, so I, I looked at three different ETFs and they all look good. Uh, so remember that. I, some people ask me about bonds. I just say this. The 10-year monthly look is overbought. I don't think it's going back to like a half a percent or a three quarters of a percent. I think we're going to bounce for a while. Remember, we broke a 40-year downtrend. Uh, on the yield now, okay? So I think it'll pull back a little bit and then it'll just go sideways for a pretty long time. And the dollar index, which did, you know, uh, had been going down, uh, got to a point where it, it broke the uh, the downtrend line and we're now right up to resistance. And But the momentum on the daily chart is pretty overbought. So we'll see what happens going forward. Um, and crude oil, uh, crude, you know, Made a double bottom at 63.64, which I didn't think was going to happen. I thought it was going to hold the, the 68.70 area and then make a higher low. So it may be considered a double bottom, but uh, it's building momentum. You know, it's still oversold. So, you know, keep that in mind. Natural gas is getting interesting, but uh, and, and gold are getting interesting, but we, we don't have a breakout yet. So take it from there. But let's take a break. The number here is 216-901-0945. Uh, 216-901-0945. We'll be right back. ABBA, North America's finest tribute to ABBA, is coming to Metter Performing Arts Center Saturday, June 10th at 7 p.m. Tickets are on sale now. Relive the fun, classic style, and sound of ABBA's hits like Dancing Queen, Mamma Mia, SOS, Waterloo, Fernando, and Take a Chance on Me. The winner takes it all, the Always ABBA performs to sold-out venues across North America. They're a must-see concert. To learn more, visit rsmevents.com. That's rsmevents.com. Always ABBA, live in concert Saturday, June 10th at 7 p.m. at the Metter Performing Arts Center in Metter. To order tickets, call 216-744-7090. That's 216-744-7090. 216-744-7090. 
Liberty HealthShare strives to give our members options to take control of their health care. A new partnership provides Liberty HealthShare members access to an extensive optional network of providers, reduction in unexpected costs, and greater transparency. Not in network? No problem. Members can still use their provider and receive the same great services they know. Become a member by June 30th and receive a $150 Visa gift card. Visit libertyhealthshare.org slash the fish to learn more today. When it comes to managing your retirement, it's easy to get lost. Look to RBC Wealth Management to guide you. Our experienced, knowledgeable financial advisors will build your investment strategy by designing a plan that's tailored to your unique financial needs. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC. Member NYSE, FINRA, SIPC. Visit rbcwealthmanagement.com. If you just tuned in, uh, this is Smart Investor Show, and you know I was talking about the, the dollar, and I talked about a couple other things real quick. The volatility index uh, broke down last Thursday uh, or last Friday, so uh, below twenty one again. So it looks like it's made a lower high for the third time. So volatility is the fear index. Okay, so what we try to do on this show is we take a look at what the strategists are saying, and then we take a look at some of the technical analysis, and then we 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 do insiders. And then what I do is I check the fundamentals, okay? Um, so that, we're doing step by step. Now, you know, I mentioned the dollar earlier. Uh, the, so the VIX breaking down is a positive, okay? Uh, the dollar, uh, you know, is, has, is up like 2.4% in the month, uh, or so far this year, I should say. And, you know, it had a big breakdown uh, at the beginning of the year and, and now um, has held. So it, it held the the bullish support line. So we'll see what happens from here. Um, also, I, I thought this was interesting that the NASDAQ composite is up big this year. It was up 6%, 6.5% in the month of May, you know, which is supposed to you know, go away in May. That would have been a dumb, dumb idea. I, I suggested that, by the way, at the beginning of May, uh, it, that the first week of May was down and then the, the back part was big. Why is all the money leaving mutual funds? We haven't had an inflow month or week yet this year. Does it get better than that? If you're a contrarian, does it get better than that? All right. So anyway, the bullish percent is at 40. Uh, It was down three this week. So what you had is some selling, you know, going on underneath. And a lot of stocks, you know, their point and figure charts were breaking down. That's probably because people are selling into all this rally, which I think is nuts. I, I think we're we're look. We started a secular bull market. Remember, let me go back to 1982. 1982, I was told to buy by a guy who, who was legendary, and I won't mention his name, but he was very smart. He he uh, he was with the he was the head strategist of mutual fund company, and you know we had lunch together with about five other people. And he told me to buy. And then I had lunch with John Templeton two weeks later. He told me to buy. So I bought. I remember I, I, I bought Johnson, Johnson, Abbott Laboratories, GE. And I was down probably 10, 15% by the time my clients got their confirms back then. And uh, I, I said, you know, I, I called uh, the one guy and said, you know, hey, John, this, is, <laughs> this ain't working. And he said, keep buying. 
we had a huge move in in this latter part of uh, 1982. In 1983, the small caps went nuts, and then they got killed. And everybody thought, oh, we're back in a bear market again. That's what we're going through right now, okay? The Fed's going crazy one way. We went from free money to no money. But just remember, the bullish percents at a column of O's right now, it's at 40. Remember, 30 is the, you know, the area we like the best. That's you know the green zone. So when the bullish percent goes above 70, that's when everybody's in the market. You should be careful. That's where it was in March of 2001, uh, 2021. And we told you every week for, for six months, okay, that we were making lower highs. And uh, I hope you listened. Anyway, the over-the-counter index is at 33. It's getting close to the promised land, okay? And the, the uh, world index is in a column of Xs. And it's mostly the big European stocks, which we talked about on this show in January. So that's interesting. Now, if you look at dynamic asset level investing, which is relative strength investing, what you'll find is mid-cap blend and mid-cap value are the two leading groups. They're, they're favored. And then it's large-cap growth and, mid- and small-cap value. Uh, so those are the areas, you know, one, two, three, and four. So you start with mid-cap blend, then mid-cap value, then large-cap growth, then small-cap value. Uh, and by the way, there's some mid-cap value stocks that used to be mid-cap growth stocks after what's happening. So uh, there we go. But technology's taken over the, the number one spot. Uh, industrials are number two. Consumer cyclicals, number three. Uh, non-cyclicals. Basic materials, got were number one, they got whacked. And what I think is interesting, consumer cyclicals gained almost 15 votes over the week. Uh, I noticed that Macy's finished up after a question, you know, I, people were questioning the quarter and they, it, they took off. Coles picked up uh, after kind of a lackluster earnings thing. So this is positive, okay? People are looking ahead, not behind. And, and um, healthcare did give up a couple votes. Uh, those stocks are looking really interesting on long-term charts. Now, on the international side, I had a lot of people ask me about the EEM, and I would suggest that um, it, the EFA, if I look at the EFA, uh, I, I'd like it a lot better than the uh, EEM. And the e, uh, IEV, which is, you know, the Europe, the large, large European companies, looks best of all. That's my humble opinion. Fixed income. The longer-term Treasury yields were up slowly over the last week. However, the 10-year Treasury yield uh, reversed down from 385. So uh, maybe that momentum we talked about dying. So uh, right now, floating rates uh, and fixed uh, inverse fixed income are the top two. But if interest rates are heading down, that's not what you want to be in. Okay, uh, oil still buy on a relative strength buy signal, but it's still in a column of O's. Uh, and the same thing, you know, gold is on a sell signal and column of action. So there's a lot of weird stuff going on with uh, the commodities. Uh, you know, I, I think it's, uh, eh. uh, well, I don't want to go into that. It's going to get too complicated. <laughs> you know, sugarcane has been uh, one of the leaders, and it broke down uh, on on a short-term basis. Uh, but, it's had, you know, it was pretty close to multiple chart year highs. and. Uh, and, and now it's turned south, so we'll see. But sugarcane's been one of the leaders, so um, there we go. Okay, so uh, where where do we go from here? What do we do? You know, that type of thing. Um, you know, I, I, I want to go back and talk about the long view, okay? 
I think we're still in a secular bull market. This happened in 1983, too, with the small caps. They got killed. Okay? And I mean, they got killed. I mean, Compass Computer went from 13 to 90 to zero. <laughs> All right? So, diagnostics went from 8 to 85 to zero. All right? So, that's getting killed. But remember, there's a four-year cycle within this big, old, secular bull market. It starts 2024. Now, they don't, they don't ring a bell on 2024, so it may start now, okay? People are bearish enough, and we're at the bottom. So it may be starting now, and may accelerate into 2024. Just remember that. And look, if you look at the, the big secular bull markets, we started one in 1929, believe it or not. And by the time it was done, it was up 2,300%, and that was in uh, the 65 area. Then we had another bull market that started in the 80s. But the bottom in 1975 and to the top in 2000 was 2300. We just go to 2000. We're looking at 13,500 to 14,000 on the S&P 500. That's big. I want to stress this again. Four-year cycle starts in 2024. The other thing is, I always talk about the four-month moving average and the 13-month moving average. The four-month was way over, way over the 13-month moving average a year ago, January. Talk about the bullish percent being at 80. That's not when you want to get aggressive. That's when a lot of people did. Okay. And I suggested they not do that. That was a, you know, I didn't have any good ideas in, in 2021. They were all from 2020. Uh, anyway, we, and then, so we went from the highest momentum number I've ever seen with a four month over the 13 month positive momentum to the lowest negative momentum I've ever seen. And we just turned positive, folks. We just turned positive. There's a bull market lurking out there, I'm telling you. Uh, so don't get too bearish. It's, it's one of those things where you know people uh, are sitting on their hands right now and with a lot of cash, and I think they're going to regret that. But you know what? The stock market sets itself up to let the least amount of people make the most amount of money. You know, one of the things that we learned from our Marshfield seminar that we had a couple of weeks ago, and they said this several times, Judy was a very smart young lady. She answered the questions at, at our level, okay, and she answered them correctly in each case. But she said something. She said, in order to make the most amount of money or to beat the market year in, year out, you've got to do what everybody else is not doing. And you know what? There's so much cash on the sidelines in going into into bonds and et cetera, et cetera. Not many people are putting money into the market. Matter of fact, in the mutual fund area, it's coming out. It's been coming out since January 1. We haven't had a positive inflow in six months. Well, five and a half. <laughs> All right. So the point is, no one's investing in the stock market. Why not start to look at some dividend growth stocks? And, and the prime income list might be a good time, folks. Uh, you know, and you might you might even look at our top ideas and our small cap ideas. I think somewhere down the road they're going to take off. They're, they're going to quit selling the banks, and the banks won't participate. But they won't. You know, the 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 Russell two thousand won't be won't have the sort of democracies over it. Okay, it'll be the fact that now they can go up without the, the you know the worry of the bank. Another uh, 
look, 10-year yield, I don't, everybody thinks it's going back down to, you know, half a percent. I don't think that's going to happen. When you break a 40-year downtrend in yield, or, or, you know, usually you don't go back there. You, you know, you go down and test that line maybe one more time, but you want to probably bounce around before. Uh, now the weekly momentum, it did break its uptrend line dating back to the bottom in, in uh, 2020. Uh, but the weekly momentum has been fading south, so we'll see what happens. Uh, um, and it, by the way, the, you look at the CPI, the change is starting to turn down. And uh, the, the CPI is a much more dramatic uh, chart, but it it's very similar to the keep that in mind. Um, and growth first value, you know, growth is still not I think, you know, it's what they're going to see is growth first value is going to come back to a trend line and it's a ways away, especially large cap. But that high beta index that we talked about has broken, you know, it, I told you about that big, long rounded bottom and we broke out of it we came back right to the touch line and turned back up mostly that was semiconductors so john's right so uh i would suggest that a lot of the value stocks are starting to turn up and healthcare which has been straight down forever and emerging markets uh still need some time i'll just leave it at that so you know just keep that in the back of your head uh now look there's a couple things I think you have to remember. We have the S&P and the NASDAQ now testing the highest level since October of 2021. Okay, that's pretty big. Large technology has rebounded. We had a breakout of the, the S&P 500 equal weight index on Friday. That's very positive. Treasury yields have pulled, they bounced up and then it pulled back. The dollar strength, uh, you know, we held the upstream line. So that's, you know, that's good. You know, a lot of good things happening. And I think that people have to understand that, uh, you know, we've had a tale of two markets going on here. We've had technology trumped everything. Uh, and, and they really whacked the, uh, uh, the, the industrial stocks, but they, they've held and we started to see early signs of a bottom. So, you know, and we had some emergencies, um, and then a reversal. That's what you want to see. Okay. So you're, you're seeing a broadening of the market. So don't get too bearish out there, folks. Don't get too bearish. It's, it's not good for you. <laughs> Call in for the dividend growth portfolio, the prime income list. And, and while you're waiting for the market to go up, do a wealth plan. That's the way I look at it, right? So those are the things that we have to be paying attention to. And I think it's uh, important right now. So I think the equal weight catching up are starting to catch up with the with the S&P 500, you know, which is a, a capitalization weighted, is very, very positive. I did see two important members of the S&P 500 on Friday have their 50-day moving average cross over their 200-day moving average. That's important. That's very, very important. Let's take a break, and we'll be right back with Insider Buys. Stay tuned. This is Smart Investor Show. Working, living pain-free. These are a few of the things many of us take for granted. Yet, for many United States military veterans, finding and affording oral health care is a challenge many of us don't think about. Dental Lifeline Network is looking for dentists who can change this. 
DLN is asking dentists and their teams to volunteer to see one veteran with special needs one time per year. Visit willyouseeonevet.org to learn more. That's willyouseeonevet.org. Always Right Radio with Bob France. I see stories like this with a teacher telling me, we'll teach your kids about gender identity and ideology and what they can be versus what they were, quote, assigned at birth. That's how you know it's just pure, unadulterated crap. This is about allowing attention seekers to seek their attention. And then to tell me as a parent, quote, you surrender your rights to your kid when you put him in my school. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on The Answer. And Odyssey. Wouldn't it be nice to keep income rolling in even long after you retire? At RBC Wealth Management, we can help you invest for the future that you want. And create a personalized plan to help you create the steadfast flow of income you'll need throughout your retirement. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSC, FINRA, SIPC. Okay, we just tuned in. This is Smart Investor Show. So... Look, what we've done is we've talked about some of the technical aspects of the market. We're still in a column of O's, so surprises could be to the downside. But I think Friday may have, t- I think it may have turned us up. Unfortunately, my friends at Dorsey Wright can't get into the webpage right at the moment. Um, and, and by the way, Dorsey Wright does bring us the uh, the bullish percent. They're, they're a great group of guys. Uh, Watson Wright uh, was a great guy. I talked to him for years, and uh, he, I think he's retired. Uh, anyway, the point is is that um, we may have turned up Friday. I don't know, so just you know, keep uh, cross your fingers is what I'll suggest. So, uh, but now we're going to talk about insiders, and so we we do the same thing every week, and we talk about you know wealth plans because believe me, folks, once you start to do this, it catches. I have a young lady who did a wealth plan, and uh, you know, I, I'm going to sit down with them sometime in the near future. And we're going to play with playground a little bit. And and she asked me several times, you know, what about this? What about that? And I said, yeah, you, you're okay if you do that. You're okay if you do that. And then I said, ah, you're, that's getting a little aggressive. <laughs> so she keeps calling me and we, I go to playground. And, uh, you know, when you come and sit with me in person, I can do uh, playground in front of you, you know, uh, which is good. So uh, anyway, we're talking about insiders now. And here's, here's one that's interesting. Uh, it's Lyra Therapeutics. Uh, it's, a short, it's a small cap. It's $2.5. Uh, and uh, Perceptive Advisors bought a ton of it, uh, you know, like $8.9 million worth. Uh, Perceptive Advisors, had the, the last two they bought have been good, very good. I mean, they're up like 40%. And then uh, InSuite in Hospitality Trust, I noticed there was a couple buyers here. Uh, James Worth, who's president and CEO. Uh, Chase Jr., who I'm not sure who that is. Um, but they, they bought three or four times and then Lowe's, the insurance company, not the, uh, you know, uh, there's, there's two Lowe's, Lowe's and L for Lowe's, the insurance company, L-O-W, the, the one that, uh, that uh, is in retail. And the a senior VP, uh, he, he bought, uh, 110,000 shares, uh, three times. I think it's like 6.2, $6.3 million each time. Uh, so you like, you like seeing that. And then, um, oh, by the way. In, in Lyra, uh, Ed Anderson, who's a director, also bought $4.3 million with the stock. So uh, obviously they like that uh, small biotech. Uh, that's for widows and orphans, though. 
And Howard Hughes Corp., uh, Pershing Square continues to buy it. Pershing Square is pretty smart money. They, they spent about six more million dollars this week. So that's kind of interesting. And then um, the Diversified Healthcare Trust, Adam Portnoy, who's a director, uh, bought $1.4 million. That's interesting. There's a lot of people buying healthcare, and healthcare is underperforming. So maybe that's the next group to, to win. Who knows? And then uh, Bernard Langan uh, bought a ton of uh, CNX Resources Corp, uh, about 2.1 mil. And then Align Technology, uh, this is the same guy. He bought it at 285, okay? So it's 1.9 million. It's about 7,000 shares. But this is the same guy that bought the stock at six. And I owned this stock for a long, long time, and uh, I, I sold it like two two twenty. Okay, so uh, Ben, he, he knows what he's doing. <laughs> I'll just say that. You know, is, is he going to be right this time? I don't know. Uh, and then uh, re- regional management, which has been showing up occasionally on my charts, uh, you know, on my scans. Uh, we did have uh, uh, Basswood Capital Management, and that's pretty smart money. Uh, buy one point one million dollars worth, and, and they they. they now have about 537,000 shares, so that's good. And then Match.com, uh, we had the chief executive officer, Bernard Kim. He, he bought $1 million worth. That's the second time he's purchased it. He purchased some back in uh, March. And then uh, also uh, Step, Stepstone Group, which is asset managers, uh, they had a strategy, but uh, $1 million worth. And uh, it was a couple other people that bought uh uh, he, he bought twice. He bought a million dollars worth and bought another 600000 So they've been buying quite a bit. Um, and here's a couple other ones. Uh, grocery store, grocery outlet holdings. Uh, we had a director uh, who's a very smart guy buy a million dollars worth. And then uh, uh, Massimo Corporation, which is in medical devices. We had the chairman of the board, Joe uh, Chiani. He bought a million dollars worth, too. So uh, uh, had quite a few interesting buys, I would suggest, over the course of uh, the last couple weeks. Um, I just got an email from Robert again, or Rob again, and he wants to know, Tim, how, how do I get a hold of you? Uh, via email. Well, my email, I believe, is on my webpage, but it's it's timothy.hayes at rbc.com. So timothy.hayes at rbc.com. I'm, I don't take all the one. I, I get, I've got like five so far on the show here. I, I don't take them all so I'll just leave that so look I, I think the semis made a big move out from the bottom uh we kind of suggested that a couple of months ago and uh, uh it, nobody really listened i don't think but i, I suggested that we we're going to hold that support in the in the high beta stocks and the high beta stocks are usually the industrials okay uh and semis are part of that so uh what's interesting is as i'm seeing some bottoming in some of those industrials and uh, you know I mean, look, uh, Lincoln Electric, local company, hit a new high frame. You know, there you go. So so the tech surge, a lot of people were worried because it was not being followed by the other sectors. Now, I did see some moves in retail, I did, uh, which is consumer discretionary. The financials move and some of the industri- uh, the materials move too. So, And the industrials really look good on Friday. So we'll see what happens going forward. But, um, you know, I, I just suggest that, you know, look, you can't. It, people get bearish, and I said, you know, I, my, I have lots of my clients telling me I'm bearish, and I said, no, I'm not bearish. I, and then they say, are you bullish? And I said, sorta. I said, I'm rational, okay. And you have to be rational. You can't let your emotions 
You know, that's what Warren Buffett said. They said, you know, Warren, is it all about numbers? He says, it's all about numbers once you get through the emotions. Okay, so the emotions swing the market, you know, and, and that's where you, when the market's down, that's when you take the opportunity to buy things. Okay, when the market's up, that's when you take time to sell them. So uh, the question is, you know, will technology continue? I think what we're going to have is some of the FANG stocks that haven't moved are going to move. But I also think there's those small stocks that got beat up you know, they went up, they went straight up. There's a reason they went straight up because people understood that the technology, but the money went away. Okay. The Fed took the money away. Well, if the money comes back in, they're going to be looking at those stocks that went straight up. So don't get too bearish. I had, a, I, I talked to some people about some of the AI stocks and one of them was Snowflake and Snowflake was at 164 and they got killed on the earnings. It's now 175 and that's in a week. So you know, the question is C3A1, you know, why are you worried about the earnings? <laughs> you know, you got to look out for five years, all right? So the stock went up 40%. So that's why I blew it out, you know, in, a, in a, like a week. Uh, stock goes up 40% in a week. You, you sell it, okay? But, um, you know, is it a buy now? Okay? It, there's some, lots of names out there that are, could be buys. Now, Microsoft made a move from 240 to 330. Now you want to wait for that a little bit, okay? But there's other stocks out there that you could probably pay pay attention to. So, all right. So what do we do now? What I do is I'd go to WHK1420, local podcast down to Smart Investor Show. Take a look at Rob Schleimer's stuff under Bulletin Board. It's Roadmap. He puts it out weekly. I highly recommend it. And if you go to, uh, you know, one of the banners up there is uh, Insight, and it's got all sorts of stuff up there. Send away, call me, send away for a wealth plan. A, uh, a uh, You know, you you don't have to be a client to do it, okay? You do have to be a client to, to play around with it, okay? But I highly recommend it. Uh, our top ideas, our dividend growth portfolio, our prime income list, our small caps. Small caps may surprise us all. They may be the leaders coming out of this. So uh, in the meantime, have a great weekend. It's a beautiful day. Remember, buy low, sell high. Thanks for listening to the Smart Investor Hour. To reach Tim during the week, call him toll-free, 888-223-7742. That's 888-223-7742. Or visit his website, rbcwmfa.com slash Tim Hayes. That's all one word in the address bar, rbcwfma.com slash Tim Hayes. Please join us again next Saturday for the Smart Investor Hour to hear more smart investing from Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. 